When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time, Wave Sports and Entertainment Original, presented by Prize Picks. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? Not much, man. Got some big football games this weekend. I got some off-field stuff that I want to I wanna address at some point, too. But uh, where do you want to start? All right, well, first of all, Happy New Year. I think I don't know if I threw that to the people when I was talking to Joel Anderson with his lying-ass beard. But, you know, since I got you here, you know what I'm saying? Happy New Year. I know people, that's the thing for people. Shout out to my man Ryan Cortez, who hates anybody saying Happy New Year to him after January the 1st. Happy New Year, Ryan Cortez. I know it burns your soul on January 5th to hear me say Happy New Year to you. I want to get to the off the field stuff with you in a second, because quite honestly, this is one of those fun shows where I'm not exactly sure what we're going to talk about. But I thought that people would appreciate an update that I got on the like story. Right. And guys, you know, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about with the like story, this whole thing here happened. Jalen Milrow often wears his own branded apparel reading LANK across the front. It's an acronym that stands for Let a Naysayer Know. Being told by his former offensive coordinator, that Bill O'Brien. That is not what I thought. Is that not what you thought? Boy, let a naysayer know. Let a naysayer know. <laughs> of course. The professional's right in the middle of his lead. That's all right. I just keep I going. You almost lost me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Real tight up here, as you were. I was you too smooth with that. I thought it was going down. I thought it was going down out here. Let a naysayer know. Naysayer. Now, I don't need to re-adjudicate everything I talked about Wednesday there, but the the distinction of the word a is very important because then it gets you into a very natural rhythm of what the phrase probably originated as right but found a website called athletesthread.com okay and this is they got officially licensed merchandise like nil stuff it mm-hmm. says here officially licensed and it's a mug for link and the mug says let all naysayers no <laughs> let all na- is is that how they push this through uh-huh. number one and number two who told reese that it was let a naysayer no or did reese himself See through the propaganda and get to the bottom of it and told the truth because America deserved the truth. Uh, let a naysayer know is whack, <laughs> by the way. So 
Why would you think that anybody would propagate some wax slogan like that? That don't work. That's not cool. That can't. That that's not gonna sound good on a hook. That don't sound good when you say it to nobody. That don't feel good when you say it. Like in in the spirit of lank, you cannot use naysayer. Even if you want to use another word other than the word that we all suggest is gonna be there, the word you would use is not naysayer. Nobody's out here disproving naysayers. You disprove haters. But the problem is there is no other N word that right. works without so, like betraying like naysayers is the closest that you gonna get. Now this is the thing to say about naysayers. If it were 1993 and they had spun another single off of the chronic, mm-hmm. you could not have simply put naysayer into the radio mix where you put right. the other word. But if you ever listen to any of the clean mixes of the NWA albums, they intentionally made all the substitutions as absurd as possible. <laughs> and I think naysayer might have been something they would have snuck yeah, in. It's just too many syllables. It doesn't roll. It doesn't fit. <laughs> but my point is. Oh, you can put it. Let a naysayer know. Yeah. You just got to get it on the right bar. Yeah, I guess. My, or it becomes a naysay. It just becomes naysay. My point is that. Did anybody at anywhere, was anybody fooled? And I know you you walked through this with Joel a, a bit the other day, is the reason why I say nobody was fooled is because it's to your point about the NWA. The purpose of doing that is so that you know. You know that there's another word that belongs there. If they were looking to to like substitute a word that could pass and not bring your bring your attention to it, they would have not they would not have chosen naysayer. Like they would have chosen some other word that wouldn't have started with N. But but see, that's the thing. That's why let all naysayers yeah. know that changes that everything. Does, that does. It makes it feel like, but there's still the word <laughs> it's naysayer. It's totally possible. No one uses naysayer. Like, unless you're writing, I, I, no one uses naysayer. I hear you. But you know what? Maybe one day you just said it in the locker room. Like, yo, we're going to let all these naysayers know. And everybody got caught up. And then it just, like, there's an element of this that's like, it's cool because we say it, right? <laughs> so fair. maybe maybe, maybe they was going to bring naysayer I'd hear, like, you've been doing these shows before a while. Like, we can sometimes influence, like, the element. Yeah, that's, that's now part of some people's vernacular, right? Like, like, like you hear it, true. you get it in the right place. And let's be honest, we going to be saying they say you're a lot now. Oh, oh, right? I, already, <laughs> I already snuck it. I already snuck it into a broadcast. I was on Get Up the next morning, and I was like, y'all naysayers need to chill. I'm going to find ways to Yo, get it on. Hey, hey, they going to have to send y'all a memo about <laughs> yeah, that. I can't like, wait. They, 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 they going to have to be like, hey, man, look, look, look. This get like, I don't, like, we know you're not doing nothing wrong. But like this is this is getting a little, you know, because it got a little wild over there the other day. Right. I might talk about it at some point when you're not here because it's just a little <laughs> oh, much to ask you to yeah, wait. Yeah. I, mean, in my I, I will say this. This is something that I need. If I were to get a tattoo, it would say trade offs. Because everything <laughs> comes down to trade-offs. The good going to come with the bad. The good is yes. always going to come with the bad. And you better like the good that comes with whatever bad you're going to get. You better think it's worth it. Because it's just funny that it's in the same week that they was like, oh, okay. Loosen it up. <laughs> yeah, shit yep. get loose. <laughs> it get yep. fun. Yep. It look, get dangerous. Yeah, look, 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 look. The naysayer bimbo is going to go around. All right, guys. Everybody had their fun. <laughs> right? Like, Because at some point, like at some point somebody gonna say the naysayer thing gonna go we've been too far but for right now right now can't do it all the time right 
But a nice, properly timed and measured naysayer is going to hit so hard. I would say that naysayer has already fallen into a category that only we can say it. They can't yes. never say it. <laughs> they you can't, can't say it because I you know can't. what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. You may want to take it out even if you're trying to use it unironically. You yeah. no, can't yeah. nobody, Mike Greenberg no, can't use naysayer and me just sit there and I'm supposed to sit there and be like, oh, that's okay. No, yeah. it's not. No, I know no, what no, you're no. saying. That, that's right. Fuck your technicality. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> yes. Like, like the, like the letter of the law will not <laughs> save you. The, like, this matter is not being adjudicated <laughs> right. in no court of law. It's all about how it make me feel. <laughs> And if it make me feel like if it make me feel a certain oh, way, man. you just need to ask yourself the question. Does this make you feel as good as I'm about to make you feel bad? It's like because one thing about it is in those moments, the black person's response is not, well, we just go see how it goes. Mm-mm. No, no, no. The black person's response is you and I will have to duke this out. The response is I'm a fuck you up and you just have to ask yourself if you want to face somebody look you may be the one right maybe you ain't got nothing to worry about i don't want to underestimate your capabilities i'm just telling you right now the person on the other side is not looking for a a contest why does it always have to become more of a burden on us though because if the example is i'm on tv and somebody uses naysayer I don't want to have to have to fight Jeff Saturday, but I got to because it's on TV. Like, I, hey, Jeff, <laughs> my apologies, brother. I'm going to have to hook off on you whether I want to or not because I can't go home. I can't go home and say that I allowed this man to say naysayer to my face. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's the I same. Know. Naysayers become the same it, as Ninja now. Like, you can't say Ninja. Yes. Because I know what you're trying to say. Well, also, you really don't want Saturday doing that. Because let's be real, man. I be watching that pancake segment. I enjoy that pancake segment. I ain't trying to see you, like, in it. I like to see you on it. No, 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 no. It's not a fight I would win, but that's all right. The the (laughs) dignity will survive. Jeff's not only only bigger than me, but uh, you brought up the pancake segment because it gives you a glimpse into the Jeff Saturday that I know. Jeff Saturday that really don't really give a fuck and really wants to humiliate and destroy another human being and like gets gets jollies off of watching offensive linemen drag their testicles across the body of a, a person they just blocked that like there is I, I don't like when people talk about football players like they're different types of people but I will say that every career path when you get to the highest levels of it there is a automatic sorting mechanism we over index for a little bit crazy and i would say that while we over index i think for people who have the capability of hitting the switch because jeff saturday if you ever spend any time around him you're like oh this is the sweetest kindest man that you ever want to be around I tell you a story. Yeah, this might be a play to music situation. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 hey, 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 hey. I don't, I don't want to. I do not want to betray any confidences. But I will tell you one thing about him and all the people who are in those locker rooms. Most of them are not people to be trifled with. Even if you think they are. He cracks me up on that stuff. Is it the receive it? <laughs> receive it. That's what I was like. Oh, you spent time it's, around the folks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's he, black church. He, he, it, yeah, he, he has about to say he has spent time around naysayers. <laughs> he, has, he, he, he has been around the skeptics.
Oh, that's when we gonna start calling them the skeptics <laughs> these skeptical naysayers i love it skeptics oh that i don't know how but that made me think about that this was my position on the tepper stuff is a little bit oh, different. i forgot about that yeah I, I don't think you've talked about it much have you yeah. No, I haven't talked about it. I thought that one thing was bad, Dimitri, but I haven't talked about it. I, I wonder, I assume that you feel the same way I feel is it's a lot like the, you can use that word, nobody's stopping you, but there's a price to be paid. And that was the most upsetting thing for me about David Tepper is you can throw a drink in people's face, but I believe that you should not be above them and beyond an ass whooping. Like that's my, my position yeah. is like, all right, you... You said it. This is universally known. This is like when that man on the dock threw his hat up in the air. All right. <laughs> you you splashed a fa- So now we have to fight. You set it off. And that's the thing that uh that um like was appalling to me more than anything, more than the idea that he was an owner doing that to a paying customer, was that he was a man doing that to somebody and then he sashayed off. Like he ain't had like he ain't had to deal with the problem that he created. Yeah, so the owner of the Carolina Panthers, David Tepper, who you have to remember bought that team $2.5 billion cash. Huh. That is I at every turn, any discussion that comes up about David Tepper, I think you have to mention the fact. He bought that baby cash, okay? This is a different kind of rich, guys. So anyway, people don't seem to like him. That is probably the safest way that I could put this. People don't seem to like him. And he doesn't seem to be very good at owning a football team. Because the thing I don't understand about these people that buy a football team is they actually want to run it. I don't get that part at all, right? I would just want to kick it. I would just want the spoils from it. But I would love just to just dial me in. Let me know a few things about what's going on. Okay, cool. I have no need. I'm not telling y'all you have to take Bryce Young. Like, I can't. I would not want the job in that way. I would want to be able to tell you we not taking somebody. But, like, if you really believe in what you're doing, I ain't, unless y'all just about to do some dumb shit, I ain't about to come downstairs. Like, that, that would be how I would do it. But David Tepper, who... I mean, honestly, the only problem with Jerry Richardson was the problems. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you know, there's a lot to, there was a lot to feel good about with the way that uh, Richardson ran the Panthers. They hired this dude. Everything falling apart. The owner out here throwing drinks at people at games. Like, I'm so glad I don't root for that team, man, because they ain't got nothing to be happy about. Cussing in the locker room, getting caught on camera doing that, firing coach after after coach, and just kind of undermining any success that this team could potentially have and any goodwill that they had built up in that team from the Cam Newton era on. And, I mean, Jake DeLome, like, it's a, it's a, it was a good little program, and you're right. Jerry Richardson came with some embarrassing, embarrassing, terrible baggage. But this was not a laughing stock organization it was something that yeah like you had some pride in it it was all right then in the south they was doing something special they got that big ass stadium in a growing metro area it was like an all right thing now it just feels like the worst organization in sports and i think to your point i get what you're saying about buying it and not wanting to step in but if you accumulate two billion dollars in cash that you can just buy something with like what you believe is I'm going to fix this. And if it's being run poorly or if you're not having any success on the field, you are like, man, I'm going to fix this. And he ain't fixing it. But they it. weren't an unsuccessful franchise. I guess that's the thing. They were not something that was totally in need of repair. 
right? I mean, that's look, they've been to the Super Bowl twice. They got to the NFC Championship game in their second year of existence. They got a couple of legitimate Hall of Famers in the resume. They became part of the fabric of the community. You know, like they they did not need David Tepper to come save the day. It just we just found out that Mr. was a little too nasty for the the people to to stay on board with them. But he he need to watch out for that city, right? Yeah. And I say that yeah. because they quit on the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Like they decided they didn't like the owner and they quit. They will quit on this football team too. And like I said in the South, and people might have thought I was just saying that because it's a thing to that's a fact, but Ain't a whole lot of metro areas down there supporting professional football teams. <laughs> and so I think uh, Charlotte is a place that can, but just barely. <laughs> you better you better stop playing around. You have to give them a reason to show up. You have to give, and it's not only that, it's the sponsorship dollars. You have to give those companies a reason to want to be affiliated and associated with you. Right now, he's doing the opposite. And I guess to the original point of the $2 billion, I guess he don't care if it makes money or not and your point was they weren't unsuccessful yeah they were if you david tepper you got into this to get a (laughs) ring you got into this to conquer you want to be the guy he want to be robert Kraft. that's who he want to be he want to get six super bowls and he looking around like we can't do that with what we got here i'm gonna fix it no you're not <laughs> not at least not that way by being a, a hard ass. That's not gonna fix it. Well, I would make the argument though. I don't think his problem has been with his firing of coaches. I yeah. think this is an important distinction. The problem has been the hiring <laughs> exactly. of coaches, right? Like that's like the guys that he has cut loose. There wasn't really that much of a case for keeping them, except for Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes had a great case for being kept, yeah. and he decided that he wanted to go in a different direction. All right, cool. You see how that worked out. He done already fired that man. I got no idea who they going to wind up hiring. And this is the big one, man. Did they draft a lemon? Can the little homie Bryce get it done? And the quantitative case is saying overwhelmingly no. And I don't watch them enough to know. I know I'd be watching them dudes not be open. Like, I don't know. I don't know what is reasonable to expect of Bryce Young, but there is little cause for optimism. Yeah, trading up for him in that position was confusing. Um, there's little cause for optimism. You are absolutely right. I don't, I feel bad about Bryce Young, but I, I've made this case a bunch of times that I think that the situation is as important as the quarterback, but the situation can ruin the quarterback. So I don't know whether they drafted a lemon or they turning him into a lemon. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I ain't seen nothing that suggests that there's uh, there's reason to be optimistic about the future of that organization. And there's something to be said for for scarcity. And like, again, back to the same point about his money and him firing coaches and hiring coaches and moving on. There's something to be said for uh, you're only as faithful as your options. He feel like he can fire anybody because he got options. And that's not a recipe for building something sustainable. You got to go through some hard (laughs) shit. Your coach got to go through some hard shit. You got to be uncomfortable. You got to lose a little bit. Things got to be weird. You got to change the way that you operate to work with the people around you. But when you are a king who like, "Eh, fuck it, fire him with start over like it's really hard and if there are attractive young candidates who want to go somewhere i'm gonna go ahead and go back to my my coordinating job before i take this i tell you this though uh he keep kicking it the way that he kicking it and we about to we, we about to hear he about he about to be out here making history 
And you know what kind of history I'm talking about. First black head coach in the history of the Carolina Panthers. Yep. He, he almost coming. don't have that's, a choice. That's, that's coming down the pike. That's coming down the pike. Ain't no self-respecting white man going to take this job. You keep acting like this. It's not going to be it. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't going to be it. Hey, let me tell you something in line with that, right? He might have to get some white man like this. I was, uh, I forget how I wound up, like, looking up old Houston Oilers stuff. And I remember they had a general manager named Lad Herzig when I was a kid. Okay. Apparently, after, and after he left the Oilers, he didn't get another job. And I didn't really know why. I didn't pay enough attention. Yo, this is the wildest dude ever. This dude once tried to resign from his job because he had got caught up in a paternity suit. He was married at the time. And Bud Adams would not allow the man to resign. There was also a time where the night before a game in his hotel, there was a wedding. And the dude came down drunk and told the people, hey, keep it down the players got a curfew and they kept the wedding party going and so the dude bust up in there and punched a couple of people <sighs> including the brother of the bride and then mooned them and he got to leave his job on his own terms <laughs> but i wonder what's his real name it ain't lad they didn't name him lad so, l-a-d-d oh maybe maybe the, the second d makes it feel like maybe that was the name they gave him but i, I imagine a guy named lad with two d's is gonna act like that Dog, it's so was wild. He a black? Like, I, he was I black. Guys, oh God, no! Oh yeah, yeah. I was about like, to say, yeah, 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 yeah. God, no. That was my point. That was my point. <laughs> like, no, sir, no, sir. But hey, man, we gonna see. Then we gonna find out. I don't know what brother they gonna get to take that job. Yeah. Like, they gonna be the ones to finally let. Well, actually, me not throw no examples out there because I don't know if these cats are still alive. But some of these black coaches from back in the day mm-hmm. that we all thought one day they they they, they was that always got to be the interim coach. <laughs> Like the homie Terry Robisky, he oh, stayed being man. the interim coach. Oh, okay, he's still in the league. Yeah, the Panthers might hire Terry Robisky. I was thinking Brian Flores might be the guy because you can. Ooh, he's doing a good Ooh. job up in Minnesota, Brian Flores. But I feel like Brian Flores and uh and David Tepper really ain't gonna get along because yeah. Brian Flores had issues with the ownership before. Yeah, well, Brian Flores, this is the problem that he has now. Okay. He has demonstrated that he'll burn this motherfucker down. Yeah. And that's not the worst thing in the world to say about somebody if you plan to act right. But if you know you might not act right, the arsonist here is not necessarily the guy that you want to have on deck. But also, it's his judgment of you acting right. Correct. <laughs> like, Correct. He might burn Correct. this whole thing down if he determines that you're acting right. I think we all believe that uh, that Ross wasn't acting right based on the evidence that's out there. But there's a chance. And if I'm owning a team, like, oh, well, I mean, I, I plan on acting right. But <laughs> let's say hypothetically that I act a little wrong. I want you to have my back. <laughs> He he, yo conscience. That Brian, that's what Brian Flores becomes the conscience Jimmy of the Cricket organization. <laughs> I tell you, he gonna make sure that you double check who you send the text messages to. He, he he gonna he gonna keep everybody's eyes on the prize. But uh, we gotta take this break. I'm gonna go ahead and do this right fast. We got more we gonna talk about, and I want to. We have not gotten to talk about what happened with Russell Wilson. I'm kind of curious your take, and I got some observations. Coming up next.
Prize Picks is the most fun you can have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season, and now you can play during basketball season too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, you'll get to hear some picks from producer Sean that can either help you win or make you fail miserably. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. All right, uh, welcome back to the right time. Uh, Dominique, the, the Broncos put Russell Wilson on the shelf, and I actually think this is wild because they put him on the shelf about a physical in March about money that's two years down the line. Like, it just feel like they don't want that man to be their quarterback no more. They don't want that man to be a quarterback, and they are not even strategic and how they are going to move on from that court, from that man being their quarterback. The only way that you can possibly realistically move on from, even if they cut him, they haven't moved on from him because they're committed financially up until a certain point. But what blew my mind, and I guess I should be more appalled at like the unprofessionalness of all of it, but what blew my mind was just the sheer stupidity of it. You don't have no leverage. So you're like, all right. Hey, man, we're going to make you not work for this money. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, hey, if you don't let us take this money from you, we're going to make you come in here and not do nothing and get this money. Like, the hell is that supposed to work? What you need to do is actually rehabilitate him or his image and his playing ability to the point where you could convince somebody else that he is worth taking because ain't nobody giving no money back. No, no. They, 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 they was trying to appeal to the competitor in him. Is that what it was? Like, they was, try, they was trying to appeal to his 
competitive spirit. That's ridiculous. That ain't gonna work. Uh, they needed to figure something. They should have sent somebody. They need to get some dirt on them. Like that, you you don't have no leverage. Your leverage right now is don't worry about it. We're gonna keep sending you these checks. You better allow us to stop sending you these checks, or we're gonna make you not get hit by 300 pound defensive linemen. But then the next part of it was Russ was like, nah, I'm good. And then they kept trotting him out there. <laughs> All right. They threat. kept trotting them out there until they, because that tells you a lot. They kept trotting them out there until they knew that they basically knew they weren't going to the playoffs. Like the odds were so slim going into last week. And that's when they went ahead and they made the call to get them out of there. And they won the game with Stidham. And I don't know if Stidham is better or not. I mean, I have not watched them that much this year. And so I looked at his numbers and looked at like how many points they were scoring. And it looked to be, even without watching the games, what it looks like when a team is handcuffing its quarterback, right? Where they are not really asking him to do but so much. That's what seemed to be the case. And a guy that used to average eight, eight and a half yards in attempt is not doing anything close to that anymore. That seemed to be like they was running some dink and dunk with Russell Wilson, which seems to like totally defeat the purpose of having Russell Wilson. He's not the player that he used to be, but he wasn't about to let them play him. Yeah, the, the Russell Wilson thing is interesting because his style of play is not one that fits into neatly into an offense. And they tried to fit him into an offense and he was making mistakes. And then they tried to, like, hide him, essentially. And I get it. I wouldn't want to have to pay a quarterback that much money if the goal was to keep him from beating us. But y'all did. And now you're going to have to wait this out. There's no way out of this situation other than patience. Well, let me ask this question. Sean Payton was willing to hand the keys to Taysom Hill, but Russell Wilson terrifies him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, there, there's something odd about that. Like, yeah. he demonstrated a certain measure of flexibility uh, when he was in New Orleans, but Russell Wilson terrifies you, number one. Number two, people are asking all these questions about whether or not was it Bill Belichick or was it Tom Brady, and Sean Payton is right here. Like, if you, if you want to go down that road in asking these kinds of questions, right? I watched the Patriots damn near make the playoffs with the ghost of Cam Newton, right? We saw them make the playoffs with Matt Jones as a quarterback not that long ago. Sean Payton right here directly in front of us if we got these questions. But what I want to know is, I want to know what Russell Wilson really has to say about this. And I have no idea because none of us have any idea how Russell Wilson actually talks. Yeah, we, we know how he talks and sounds in different places, but we don't know what he actually thinks. Yeah, we have no idea. And apparently from everybody I talked to who've known him as far back as high school, is that's when he became this person. So you had to go real far back to figure out who the real Russell is or who he is at this point. And on Get Up last week, somebody mentioned the idea of him going to um, Pittsburgh. I can't think of a worse combination of human beings. Ooh. Mike Tomlin and Sean Payton. I cannot imagine anything worse than those putting those two men in the same building and asking them to work together. Let me tell you something. I don't really know like much of what Russell Wilson thinks about the world in any sort of way, right? I do know this. In my travels, 
I can't speak anything about this dude because I don't really know him like that. I mean, that man, that man popped up married to a woman whose middle name was Princess. And that was the last thing that I ever thought was possible. I ain't never going to pretend like I know this dude. Oh, man, I almost said they say it. I was just like, I'm not going to pretend. I, like, I ain't going to pretend like I know who this person is. What, like, that's part of the problem that he has is people don't really feel like they know him. But I ain't going to pretend like I know him. But I do know people in my travels who seemed to kick it and carry it as he has carried it since I first became aware of him, which was covering him when he was a redshirt freshman at NC State, right? And traveling, trafficking in the ways that he has. Somewhere along the way, he determined that this was the best way to do this, right? Somewhere along the way, he decided this was the smoothest way to navigate the world that he lived in. And I find that very often... When people have made such decisions, right? And they've decided they're going to kick it how they kick it. And this ain't nothing to say anything about what kind of person we're dealing with, just the ways they've managed, you know, how they've decided to traffic through the world. Once they make that decision to do that, there's something that happens, right? It's a different thing for different people, but they get to a place and there's something that happens. And at that moment, whether they realize it or not, their real views on race in America all come out and they come out like a volcano. They explode. They go all over the place. They bubble over. There's ash. <laughs> they got to close down the lagoon. Anything can happen. And I'm telling you right now, uh, after they tried to run this on Russell Wilson, he said some things to Sierra that uh, even she could not believe. <laughs> he could. He didn't know. He hadn't. He had no idea that he harbored these feelings. I remember once where Carl Malone was trying to ask for some money and the Jazz didn't want to give it to him and Carl Malone was like, I did all the right things that I thought it would pay off and now it didn't. I know where Carl Malone from. I can't imagine what he said when his wife was in another room and he just decided to let it go and say everything that was on his mind in that moment in time. I want that from Russell Wilson so bad. I will remind people of this. I don't know. Did you watch that uh, uh, Louis Armstrong doc? I think I saw it on like Apple, Apple Plus or something. Uh -huh. Sasha Jenkins did it. Check it out. It's really, really interesting. Like a really interesting look at Louis Armstrong. But the thing with Louis Armstrong was, you know, I see fields of green. Yeah, I did give it all that big old smiling man. You know, people thought that Louis was Uncle Tom, right? Man, they found out that every night that Louis Armstrong would make tapes, just kind of like an audio journal. And he basically he'd go home and he smoke weed and he make those tapes. And one thing that was very clear in those tapes is that Satchmo had no love for the white man. Not even the tiniest bit of love for the white man. <laughs> Satchmo, Satchmo was just out here doing what he had to do to get that money. But he did not love that white man even the littlest bit. Ain't no telling. The way they tried to play Russell, and he is Mr. Do What You're Supposed to Do, all of that stuff, even with this. He didn't leak it out that they tried to play him and put him in that position. He just went out there and good soldiered the whole thing. He is Furious dog. Russell Wilson might show up next year and like he gonna be wearing all the Inspire Change gear. All of it. <laughs> I, I imagine that it started with <clears throat> his conversation with, with Sierra started with can you believe what these mothers... <laughs> like that had to be the first words of it because that's and also like it reminds me of and I, I've said this before that my union experience is it reminds me of quarterbacks 
is quarterbacks think that they're different than the rest of us, that they aren't football right. players. And I and my leadership at the union is like, nah, y'all not. Hey, it's going to come a time. Y'all be need to be with us. When they was in our meetings, like advocating for things that the league wanted and pushing back, like, hey, 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 I know that you're the face of the organization. The owner pr- fly you in his jet sometimes. And he want to talk to you, hold your hand, and you got to say all the right things in the, media, in the media. But let me tell you something, you one of us. And then eventually, like you mentioned, something happens. And if you notice that Drew Brees was heavily involved in the union, yep. that's because Drew Brees messed up his shoulder in San Diego and they treat his ass like a football player and not a, a first round drafted quarterback. And it happens to all of them at some point. And it's like, nah, it don't matter how good you throw the ball. You still are among the naysayers. It don't, and, and if you grow up, in a playing a different position, or frankly, if you just grow up black, you kind of understand that you can't, you cannot behave your way out of being treated a certain way. And it happened to Russ. He's a, he's also, he's a quarterback and he's black. So I don't know how he stands on all these things, but I know right about now how he feels about the way that, that uh, the Broncos treated him. Look, man, Sierra, on one level may have been like, I've been trying to tell you, <laughs> but the other part, don't forget this. They was trying to get in, like, this was both of their chances to make that turn. Like, yeah. when he first got there, this was his, he was looking at this as the bump into the next level of fame, but also into the next level of American status, which is to say, he was, they was trying to get down with that Walmart money. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they was just trying, they, they were moving up. And it didn't go the way that it was supposed to. All because he ain't throwing enough touchdowns. Had they balled out, it, we'd be looking at a whole different story. He might have made that transition. He met, n- might never would have been confronted with this. So uh, congratulations, Russell, on a rough start at, uh, or a rough career in Denver. It allowed <laughs> you to be reminded that you still want us. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> and let me tell you another thing that's wild, too. Talk about two things being true at once. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett was really bad at it, and Russell Wilson was cooked. Uh, it feels Both like of it. those things appeared to be true at once. Because Sean Payton came in there and talked all that smack about Hackett and then lost. Let's not forget, they did have that game. They lost, right? And this is not to Aaron Rodgers and them. This was to Zach Wilson and them. And them. But it looks like everybody was what everybody thought everybody was. I was um, looking at some old stuff. Uh, Mina and I were, t- were chatting yesterday about Lamar Jackson. And we wrote a, a piece about him before the draft. And it was like, it said all the stuff that was going to inevitably happen. We kind of were on it. So we were patting each other on the back. And then I remembered that I had written uh, um, like a mock draft where I had Lamar going number seven. And I put in there that I thought he was the best quarterback in the draft. And so I was like, I should look that up and resurface that so I can get some play out of it. I looked it up. It said all the best things i was all over it i predicted it was prophetic and i said that the jags should trade up to number seven to get lamar jackson to pair him with a young talented offensive coordinator 
named Nathaniel Hackett. So now my take, my great take, I spoiled it. I spoiled my great take by by saying that Nathaniel Hackett, because he had like designed some impressive plays with uh, Blake Bortles and happened to... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, just, he had got Blake Bortles to the AFC Championship so that, game. I was like, oh, this guy must must be doing something. And now I screenshotted that and was and sent it to me and it was like, now I can't tweet this out and tell everybody how prophetic I was because I also Go. said that Daniel Hackett was a young talent. <laughs> Yo, and then he gets up there in that mess with the Jets. And look, man, the Cleveland Browns, a whole lot of people, they say they're bringing Robert Sala back. And I was willing to cut him all the slack in the world because what happened with quarterback until it turned out everybody was out here with a backup quarterback. And y'all was still sorry. I've been trying to cut him some slack because I feel like they haven't given up, which like last year you could have gave up. Then this stuff happened again this year. This team could have gave up. And it feels like a low bar where I'm like, hey, they didn't quit on them, no, which is not a reason to keep somebody necessarily. Yeah. Like I say, the Cleveland Browns are what they are just with anybody, any old body, right? Even somebody that uh, the Jets had. And now, granted, Joe Flacco, as long as they keep winning, all we talk about is the good Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, just Joe Flacco out there, like nothing to lose, baby, nothing to lose, and that's why it's fun, but also why it's wholly unsustainable. Yeah, he's he throwing these picks, guys. He's throwing them in these games that we <laughs> that that we're celebrating. He's throwing them in those games. Also, they aren't all of them are getting caught, but uh, he's throwing them, <laughs> and I, I'm sure that astute Browns fans are enjoying this ride, but they also are like, ooh, dude, I don't, I don't think. Browns fans can help themselves. They are so over the moon for this whole Joe Flacco thing. When the nasty man come back, it's going to be a mess. It It's going to be, first of all, Joe Flacco can't beat him out next year. Like, I just don't think that's possible. And so they going to have to bring the nasty man back out here. And he better spend all summer. Like he need to do the actual Rocky workout. He need to be out here punching sides of beef. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and taking all the video. I, I don't, I don't think man. it matters though whether he beats him out or not. What I think has happened, and again, I can't jump into anybody's head, but I can, I can probably fairly assume that Amari Cooper and David Njoku are on Team Flacco because those two guys, Amari Cooper, breaking records, and David Njoku looks like one of the best tight ends in football, and. That's a life that they are enjoying that I promise you, no matter what the organization has tied up in Deshaun Watson, they don't want to go back. And let me tell you something about the people. Because one thing about the Browns historically is they respond to the whims of the people more than any other franchise (laughs) in the league does. Right? And it'll get real whimmy if Deshaun Deshaun Watson come back out there and if he plays anything like he has up until this point because it's possible that he just may never get it back like this is the it it has been bizarre what we've seen of him for the last year and change I mean it's not like he missed that time because he was hurt it's not like he missed that time because he had a shoulder injury you reasonably thought he'd come back being some reasonable form of the last version of him that we saw which was an excellent version and he's been terrible. To your point about listening to the people, never forget that Jimmy Haslam supposedly drafted uh, Baker Mayfield because an uh, unhoused Homeless individual. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the proper proper uh, terminology Yo, is. You're about to say you, yeah. 
I was about to say, you dropped unhoused in the rhythm of conversation. I ain't that oh, no. far along yet in my journey. No, it wasn't in the rhythm of conversation. It was because you said it. I've been thinking yeah. about it since you said it. So what, what I said in my head was homeless. And then I was like, oh, no, no, that's it. that ain't what we're doing no more. What is it now? Unhoused individuals said, get them. <laughs> Good job. I'm, I'm not. I'm just out here, man. Like, like, look, man. My daddy still say Baltimore Colts every now and then. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, I gotta come up with new stuff for all this stuff, oh, man. man. I need you to ask your dad where the Chargers play or where the Raiders play. If he's still saying Baltimore Colts, man, these more recent teams. I mean, every now, like, like he doesn't say it every time. Okay, but like, yeah. Every now and then, it just could like look. San Diego charge. I mean, go. <laughs> Los Angeles charges has been very difficult for me. Me too. Me too. I That's been the, the tough time. one. I say it all the time. The Raiders too. But Raiders bounce a bunch of different places. But still, having a football team in Vegas, like saying Las Vegas professional football, just is hard for me to wrap my head around. But they there. Yeah. We gonna be there but, for the Super Bowl. Look, the San Diego charge. <laughs> <laughs> When I was a kid, there was a football team in San Diego, and it was called the Chargers. Not only were you a kid, like it, it recently, it just happened. Very recently, very recently. I tell you this, uh, the people in L.A. act like they think the Chargers still play <laughs> in San Diego. They ain't going to no, they ain't going to no games. Oh, they might go when they get good. Nah, they still ain't gonna go. Uh, when they get. Oh, I, oh, let me tell you this though. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh. I feel very confident saying Jim Harbaugh is gonna be their coach next year. And that'll be something because they what they won't be is sorry. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know, though. I mean, yeah, I they got some significant roster issues to address. So you're right. I think often we forget how good everybody in the NFL is. So you're probably right. They won't be sorry because even if their roster is, is not doesn't have all the players that they need to be competitive, Nobody on the team going to be sorry. The only reason why sorry teams are sorry is because they are poorly coached and they don't have game breakers. I think that. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I got to say, they'll have Justin Herbert, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and Derwin James, right? Yeah. All right, we'll work, we'll work it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Young, young Asante is pretty good, too. I like him. He's a little up and down, but I like him. But, yeah, they, they'll figure it out. You're right. They won't be sorry. Do we know how good Justin Herbert actually is? I know how good he seems. Yeah. Slater, too. He can. They got a, a guard. I mean, attack. Oh, that's, that's right. nice. Yeah, they got, a, they got a nice foundation. We don't. The thing is, Justin Herbert does all the. It's what you would want if you had. um like the Bryce Young situation or any young quarterback. It's what he's done. What you want is he's shown you that he has the ability to do all that stuff. But that's like the tantalizing thing is like, can we all. The archetype for a quarterback like him, I don't think has existed very often, in part because what's wrong with a young quarterback like that who shows promise is that they're inconsistent decision makers. And he's actually a consistently good decision maker, which is arguably part of his problem sometimes is like he's gonna throw it where it's supposed to go no we need you to get on your josh allen right now we need you to do a little something special and if you turn it over you turn it over so that combined with the fact that they have a lot of great defensive players but somehow never figure out how to play defense is really was held them back and they won't get this man no receivers that run fast even though he could throw this thing out the stadium <laughs> those are the issues Yo, also, uh, can we talk about the fact that there's a chance that Buffalo will be the number two seed in the playoffs or, 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 or just not be there at all? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they are, um, 
this is the most quintessential. I thought it was Lamar Jackson in the past where it was like, because when Lamar came in as a rookie and won those five games in a row to get them into the playoffs and frankly saved everybody's job, I was like, damn, this team is so dependent on him. Then he won the MVP, or then he had another team, then he won the MVP and was like, damn, this team is so dependent on Lamar Jackson. And I didn't realize that there was another step above that where this team is more than any other team like an NBA team where it's like, I know we had that, I know they had that one week where they ran the hell out the ball against against the Cowboys. <laughs> I get it. Get out my mentions. However, this team feels like when Josh Allen is out of his mind, they could beat the 49ers. They also feel like when Josh Allen is very much in his mind, <laughs> they could lose to anybody. I had put my money on the Dolphins beating them because I thought it was a daytime game. And the sweat box situation that, you know, the, that one sideline under the sun thing that happens there, I thought was going to be the thing, but that game is actually going to be at night. And I don't think that that's an insignificant issue in determining who's going to win this game. I mean, but it does kind of feel like the sort of game that the dolphins would find a way to lose. When they beat them in Miami last year, the, all of the um, bills were cramping up and falling all over the place. But I actually think that the second place or out of the playoffs is like the it's so unusual, but it's so perfect for this team. Because if you listen to what I just said, like, yeah, they are the second best team in the AFC when Josh is the second best quarterback in the AFC. Yes, they are out the playoffs when Josh is playing like that. He's he. Yeah. If he is in menace mode. Y'all better watch out. <laughs> Y'all better watch out. There's just no telling which is showing up, when, and how, and why. I don't know. People giving a lot of credit to to um, Joe Brady with the Caesar, but uh, I'm not sure that it's up to him. <laughs> this is this is going to be interesting. There's a lot of teams. Like I can't get caught up in who's going to make the playoffs and die because this is a bunch of teams. I don't give a damn if they live or die. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just looking at it. Like Indianapolis can still go. <laughs> All so- right. Houston can still go. I mean, CJ ain't going to be back, I guess, so yeah. that's cool. But I, I don't care. I, I, just, just, I don't care if these teams live or die. Yeah. I just do the not. The Bucks, the Saints, like, it's a, it's a bunch of teams that's, like, on the verge and it's, and it's wholly uninteresting. I saw um, – I brought this point up from the analytics that, like, projects – our ESPN analytics, like, projects teams and gives you, like, a percentage uh, confidence in the – Percentage, the confidence level for the um, 49ers to get to the Super Bowl is over 60%, 61%, which is astronomical. Absurd. Yeah. So they're essentially saying that it's more likely that they'll get to the Super Bowl than any other team in the NFC. And that only, that's rarely happened. I think. Um, I mean, it's them versus the field. You take them. And that's crazy. And that happened, uh, I think. A while ago, a couple times with Kansas City has happened where they were like barely over 50% uh, in the last, since 2015, which is when I think ESPN started doing these analytics. But it's happened twice this year because you look at the other side and the Ravens are 56%. It's crazy that we got two teams in this league and a bunch of other guys. It's just a bunch of guys. And one of these guys is going to get in the way and ruin the rematch that we all want to see. The issue with the 49ers is very simple. Can they get through an entire postseason never getting behind by 10 points? Because if they get behind by 10 points, I don't think they can win. And and Trent Williams also. <laughs> can they keep him standing up right? Because he seems to be one of the more pivotal pe- pieces to that offense. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. But, 
But if they go down 10, Brock Purdy, like, all right, fellas, I got this. And he probably doesn't. Yeah. Which is fair. I think it's fair. It, it's the sports argument converse, or sports conversation gets so like this side or that side when it feels like you're being a hater when you're saying like this guy who's in his second year as a starter, like, hey, he might struggle in coming back when we haven't seen him do it in the playoffs against good teams. Like, I think it's a reasonable thing to say and also say, yeah, Brock Purdy's been incredible. He's far outreached any expect, any reasonable expectation that anybody has had of him. But also, he gets some help, and we ain't seen yeah. him do that yet. And the last time we saw him play in the playoffs was against Dallas last year, and he was not good. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't like, I mean, that's, that's just, I mean, and it's not unreasonable that he would be not good. Like, that can happen. It's just... It's not even, like I talked about this with the MVP a couple weeks ago. The MVP is not as sacred in the NFL as we would like to believe it is. There was a 10-year stretch in which men named Burt Jones, Brian Sipe, and Mark Mosley won MVPs. Mark Mosley was a kicker. I'm just telling you. Every now and then, a name pops up. Like, he didn't win the MVP this year, but Mark Rippon, that year that the that uh, Washington was maybe the best football team I've ever seen, Mark Rippon was the first team all-pro quarterback. I don't think he ever did anything close to that ever before. Like, sometimes it happens. It doesn't – this isn't – like, I didn't agree with the argument about don't make Jokic a three-time MVP, but I understood what they were talking about. It's not the same thing if you give Brock Purdy an MVP. It's just not. If that dude's averaging 10 yards in attempt passing – MVP is just not a crazy thing to say. It's just not. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just far more dependent of a game than basketball. And you're right. Like, it's, it's pretty clear that basketball, there is only one way to kind of win as much as we like to celebrate the Spurs for having like a really balanced team. Come on, guys. You got to have you got you got to have somebody. You got to have somebody that is the fulcrum <laughs> of this whole thing. And in football, it's a little different. Like there's so many other inputs that can change that. But most of the times, like you don't get MVPs if you're not great. And I do think that Brock Purdy, had they beat the the Ravens, probably was on track to get the MVP and deserved it. I, I think it would have been kind of unfair to not give it to him considering the numbers of the people that we give MVPs to. Like, why right. all of a sudden would we not give it to you? Like, if y'all want to change the rules, cool, I'm down with it. But why now? <laughs> that just seemed like a shitty way to do it. But now we're back. Every All the things leveled out in the world, and we're back giving it to Lamar, who I think probably rightfully deserves it. Yep, but in an interesting fashion, given what we're talking about, doesn't really have the statistical case. It's a definitely an eyeball-centered argument. It, but we can only make that eyeball-centered argument because they beat the 49ers and um, Purdy threw four <laughs> interceptions, three of which I feel like you could say aren't like just him making bad decisions. That first one, though, was awful. But it's just like it's so <laughs> random over the course of a whole season, that random stuff you like to think that it evens out. But Lamar Jackson... It seems like uh, Purdy's loss gave us the freedom to be like, all right, let's really look at this. It's going to be a quarterback. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be a quarterback. But let's really look at it. Who's the best team? Who's the best player on the best team? All right, Lamar Jackson. All right. That is Dominique Fosworth. Check him out on the Dominique Fosworth Show, available wherever you get your podcast. I appreciate you, my brother. Thank you. All right, now, Sean, prize picks. People need prize picks. Who what are the prize picks for the people? They do need their prize picks. I'm keeping it simple ahead of this Sunday's NFL slate. Give me DK Metcalf, 65 and a half receiving yards. I'll take more. 
and Tyreek Hill, 94 and a half receiving yards. I'll take more there as well. All right. Uh, voicemails, 323-596-7767. That is the telephone number. Ask me anything and I will answer your question. 323-596-7767. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Right Time Away Sports and Entertainment Original presented by Prize Picks. Sean, you handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember... Like, subscribe, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. (laughs) 